right down inside the cars, use all available space, use all doors to board the train. This train is about to depart, stand clear of the closing doors. Yes, that familiar theme music warns you that it's time once again for the Spud Goodman Radio Show, 60 minutes of audio on the internet. So now, without further ado, here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, Accordion Joe. Because to you, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Here he is, the head cheese meister of the world. Why? Web. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud Goodman, and I will be your host for the next hour. It will be a much more pleasant experience for all if we both agree to disagree right from the get-go tonight. Instead of wasting energy on our differences, let's try and come together as one. It could be a memorable evening. Actually, you know, I don't know, That I guess I'll leave that up to you. It's a little early to be saying that. Uh, with me is our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. A brief word so our listeners, you know, know you're physically with us in the studio. Actually, a simple grunt will suffice. Oh, well, I'm more than happy to extend a warm greeting to our listeners. It's not necessary. It doesn't be warm. Well, it is because they need to know that each and every one of them mean the world to me and to you too, right? You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. So, well, I, you know, I know that, uh, I know that people... Probably a lot of people hate my guts, They're the people that are listening right now. Oh. So I am grateful that for anybody who actually took the time to tune us in. I don't think anyone hates your guts, bud. Maybe at times you generate some degree of animosity. And now that we've breached the topic, I've been meaning to speak to you about an idea I had. It might mitigate the feelings you have uh, many say about you, at least here locally. You know what they say, first conquer your hometown, and then you can take on the world. I've never heard of that one before. I think you just pulled that out of your butt. No, no. Before we forget this, you know, we got, we, hey, I need to introduce our designated laugher, Gina. How are you tonight? Do you really want to know? I found that most people that say that could really care less and have already moved on. No, seriously, how are you doing? Well, if you really want to know, today was a rough one for me. My blender broke this morning, so I couldn't make my smoothie. And that was a bad start, and, and it only got worse from You know, it. now that you mention it, seriously, though, maybe you should keep most of this minutia of your day to yourself. I mean, everyone has problems, you know? I, am I the only one in this room who feels the show's momentum has now stopped dead here? It's my bad for asking. I guess I'm partially responsible. Well, I'm sorry you feel that uh, way. Gina, but... I, I got this, but... I think I found a way for you to improve your likability. We both know that those truly successful in the entertainment industry, they all have one thing in common. They're extremely likable. Mm -hmm. now, don't Shut the f*** up, Donnie. Yeah, don't take this personal, but that's your Achilles heel. So what better way to try to improve it than launch a political campaign? You want me to run for office? 
people hate politicians more than they do talk show hosts. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Hell no, you can't! The, the experience of running for office can transform a formerly unlikable person into a dynamic individual. It forces one to address their shortcomings, and either they change or perish. Well, that sounds like a horrible experience. Who, no. who wants to perish? <laughs> and why would I want to run for office? I mean, come on. Well, my uncle ran for school board president. We all thought he was a big jerk, but he actually won. But it only lasted a couple of months before he got in trouble for dating the ASP vice president at the high school. You can't prevent yeah. everything. He got 17 months in prison. But before that, during his campaign, he even faked out his wife and kids into thinking that he had turned into a really decent person. Wow. During his campaign, though, it didn't seem to um, make him become likable, I guess. That's just until he got arrested for indecent liberties. Well, uh, we don't need to dwell on the negative aspect yeah. of holding office, Gina. Sure, some abuse their position, but I think... Look, I'm a talk show host. Why would I run for office? What? Do you watch Fox News? They have a bunch of politicians that host TV shows. A actually, the two professions are really similar. It's really not even <laughs> important that you win here. The process of running will get your name out there in the community, and if things go right, Spud Goodman will be a household name. Let's be real. How can you ever become a major national radio star before you're even a minor star in your own hometown? Well, Spud, it's about building a foundation I, to your that. eventual stardom across the country. It's your hopes and dreams being met. What do you think? Well, I think I need to play some music right now. I kind of need to think about this. I'm getting a headache. All right, right now we got like Ronnie Cooper and his band. We recorded this uh, way back at Channel 22 in Seattle. Uh, I guess it's another one of his uh, medleys he's gonna he's gonna hit that he did. Let, let's roll it, please. Thanks. We'd like to do a tribute to one of the hottest bands coming out of L.A. today, Van Morrison and the Doors. You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be one big fat liar if I was to say to you, hey, check, we couldn't get any higher Come on baby light my fire Yeah Come on baby light my fire Yeah Try to set the night on fire Yeah Try to set the night on Fire You know the day destroys the night Night fire today Yeah you try to run You try to hide You break on through To the other side To the other side now Hello I love you Let me tell you your name Hello I love you Let me jump in your game Don't you love her two times Love her madly Because it's Riders on the storm Riders on the storm To this world we're throwing And to this world we're torn oh, Like a dog without a bone An actor on a loan We're riders Wild child, full of hate, savior of the human race. 
it's over Yeah, you know that it's over Because it's all over for the unknown soldier It's all over for the unknown soldier This is the end My only friend This is the end, my only friend. Yeah! Thank you very much. This is the Spud Goodman Show. I can't believe I let you talk me into this. Hey, this is Cheech Marin, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. So am I. So keep listening. It could pay off. Uh, hey, Spud, he's holding. I know I know you really like this guy. You mean J.B. Smoove? Uh, did he really call in? Yeah. He's on the line right now. Yeah. I thought he might blow us off. That's very cool. <laughs> well, obviously, he's a professional, and he follows through with his commitments. I don't think he's anything like Leon from Curb Your Enthusiasm in real life. Well, I guess we're going to find out right now. If I was him, you know, I'd probably have something more important to do than calling this show. But <laughs> do it. Get him on right now before he reconsiders his other options. Okay, okay. All right, please welcome J.B. Smooth to the Spud Goodman Show. I can't believe I just pulled a Larry King and referred to myself in a third person. Sorry about that. Anyway, how are you, you doing you tonight? You did do that. You did do that, man. I you did. Know, you, you, you did that exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Damn. What's going on, baby? So, okay. Now, let me do this. I need to make full disclosure here. I am a huge J.B. Smoove fan. Whatever project you're in, it's scary funny. Like funny where a person might wet themselves. And I know this is like asking Albert Einstein <laughs> how he got so smart, but how the hell did you get so freaking funny? Man, you know what it is, man? It's good genes, baby. You know? some like I, I, I use this analogy, man. It's good genes. You know what I mean? My mama's funny. Yeah. Everybody in my damn family, my grandmama was funny. Everybody's hilarious, man. It just came down to generation to generation. I'm sure at some point, some of my ancestors were hilarious. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm almost positive. Because uh, I had to get it from somewhere, man. You know what I mean? But then again, I, I hope to spread this along to my to, to my children. You know what I mean? My children's children. So that, I'm, see, I'm, I'm trying to get an empire. This is a comedy empire I'm trying to build, man. It's not, it's, it shouldn't just stop at myself. You know what I'm saying? It should keep going and going and going. That means in 20, 2099, I'll be funny people in the future. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They'll look back. They'll, they'll chase their, they'll trace their, their roots back to myself. Do, you know what I mean? Do you realize how valuable your seed would be if you actually were doing donations to sperm banks? How many people, comedy you know, worshipers, would be like just lining up outside to get samples? Do you understand that? I'm thinking about, here's what I'm thinking about doing. I'm thinking about going to a remote island somewhere. Become a comedy god, you know what I mean? Have them, have the people build me a pyramid, and I'll sit on top of the pyramid with a microphone and tell jokes every day at a certain time at sunset. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm like the comedy sunset god. You know what I mean? I'm, that's what I'm thinking about doing. Absolutely. That's just, that's just, that's just, that's just on my radar. You know what I mean? It's not something I've planned already, but it's on my radar where it's something I may try to do one day. You know, just go over and take over a whole island. You know? Absolutely. Well. You know, and, all yeah. right. Well, let me, why not? I got to hit you with this. I, I, because there's so many things I want to ask you. And I know I'm, I don't have much time here. You're getting like a really great response to your performance in Chris Rock's film Top Five. And we had Cedric the Entertainer on recently, and he got great reviews too. So there were like 15 comedians in this movie. That's a lot of talent in one spot. So good thing a national disaster like a tornado or earthquake didn't go down because that's the A team of comedy. There was a lot of stuff at risk there, right? 
There's a lot, a lot, a lot of things at risk, man. A lot of moving parts. Yeah. I call it a lot of moving parts. A lot of ingredients in this jambalaya. You know what I'm saying? So, th- I mean, this is this is how you do a good movie, man. You, 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 you call friends. You call pieces of the puzzle that you know work perfectly. You know what I mean? And you know, Chris, man, he loves to work with his friends. So he loves to call in people that he knows, that he loves. It, it all makes sense, man, when it's all done. You know what I mean? This, this is all a process, man. I tell people all the time. These, doing a movie is not is not is not as easy and clean cut as you think it is. You know, it takes pieces of the puzzle. You know, he wrote the movie, he he starred in the movie, he directed the movie. There's a lot of goddamn has to wear. You know what I'm saying? That's yep. all I'm trying to tell you. A lot yep. of damn has to wear. Yep. All right. Well, okay. Well, I cannot let you go any further without hitting you up uh, about your work with Larry David on Curb, your enthusiasm. The chemistry between you guys is something special. You don't even actually have to say anything to each other. Is it, it, man? Is he a perfectionist or does he just does he just go with the flow with you? He doesn't go with the flow, man. You know, on, on Curb Enthusiasm, we get an outline, but there there's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. So we have no idea what we're going to say until he says action. Matter of fact, there is no rehearsal. You know, really? wow. all he wants to do is stand there and get, and get the spots for the cameras, but there's no rehearsal. There's nothing. There's no dialogue on paper. It's all just the outline of what this, what this particular episode is about. And after that, every, everything you hear out of my mouth is stuff off the dome, baby. I call myself off the dome. Wow. You know what I mean? And we just go way up the dome, man. And we just go back and forth a little bit, get a few takes of it, and move on to the next scene. So you're so not... Curb is no script. Wow. No script at all on Curb Enthusiasm. Wow. So he doesn't shoot hours for a couple minutes then? Yeah. Damn right. Okay. All right. All right. Shoot. Yeah. It's, it's that damn easy, man. It's that damn easy. Well, if you got the skill it's level. Fun. If you got the skill level, it's that damn easy. You gotta have a skill level, brother. You know what I mean? You gotta have the gift of gab. I call myself the gift of gab sometimes. I, I, I write that down sometimes on on paper when I sign my name. I put gift of gab. I don't want to put JB Smooth. I, I, when I sign my name, gift of gab. That's accurate. I think that's a fairly accurate uh, description. Um, hey, well, we had Richard Lewis on our show, and he said he gets constantly bugged about whether there's going to be another season of the show. So I'll bug you too, off the record. Any word on whether there will be a season nine? There's no, there is, there, there is no, no, nothing is in place for season, season nine. I mean, I would hope Larry would love to do another one. You know, Larry's rich, so that there, there is no, uh, you know, there's no timetable for this thing. I mean, Larry's loaded, man. Yeah. He, he, he don't need the money, so it's not like he's doing it for the money. He's doing it for the laughs. He's doing it for the be around his friends. I, I would hope there would be a season, a season nine. When I first met Larry, I told him he should, he should do a season. He should do ten seasons together because you know, ten seasons looks great in a box set. Eight looks kind of weird in a box set. You know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't. It, it's just a, a weird number. Good point. Eight has always been a weird number. Seven. Seven is a cool damn number. You know, people love luck. Seven, but you, but eight has nothing. Names n- nothing with eight. Eight eight has no relation to anything. Eight. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Except, yeah. except K plus eight. You know, K plus eight. You know, with all those damn kids. That's only that's the only reference to eight I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? A figure eight. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, other other than that, that's about it. Eight, eight. I'm all right, I took that back. Eight is pretty cool. It gets attention. Put it like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know what? Like it's like if you drive in your car, and make a U-turn. No one says anything. If you drive in your car, you make a figure eight in the middle of the damn street. That gets attention. I promise you. That gets plenty of plenty of damn attention. That's what I'm telling you. All so, right. All right. It, yeah. It's not a popular number, but it gets attention. It put it like that. It does. Um. All right. Super. Eight damn kids, right? Eight damn kids. Attention. A figure eight in the middle of the street. Attention. 
right? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm damn right. You're speaking the truth. I got, I, I hear you. Um, You're damn right. Uh, hey, you were a co-star on the CBS sitcom The Millers, so this is my question: uh, How, how, how strange was it doing a scripted three-camera standard sitcom after doing Curb? That'd be like going from speed metal to folk music. You're damn right it was, man. It, it was like being handcuffed. But, but you know what? See, that's when you got to separate your brain from like job to creative interest you know what i mean it's like you, you have to choose your medicine right you know what i mean it's good it's good to have a damn job but it's also good to have a job where you can do what the hell you want to do and um you know it, it is a different kind of animal it's like being on broadway hell, hell you know what larry david is is he's, he's going to be in a new broadway play starting in march so he can't do curb anytime soon and mo- and the play's going to go for six months so i gotta wait another we gotta wait another after march we gotta wait another six months to even figure out if he's even remotely thinking about doing Kirby enthusiasm again. So, or that, or that, that's a whole different animal. It's a whole different animal that uh, Mills was a great show to be on, but it's a whole different animal. Well, with Larry, or we could hope for like horrible reviews on opening night, and it closes in about a week. I mean, us Curb fans might have to be hoping for that. I'm just saying. Yeah, if you're a Curb fan, you, you would you would pray for that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You you pray to the comedy gods. That curb enthusiasm coming back, or, or, or the play, or the play's not that great, and then Larry just decides to do a curb enthusiasm stage play. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that, it, that, that makes sense. Now, now you get two things for one. That would be. You know oh, yeah, I'd be flying to New York to catch that. I'm always thinking. Absolutely. See, I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking how to how to make something better. See. Well, you, you, you are. I just, did, I, I just did that. And let's talk about New York here. You currently have a cable show on the Madison Square Garden Network in New York titled Four Courses. So I wanted to ask you, you get paid to do a show and get free four-course meals. So listen listen to this now. If you can keep that on the air for like the next 10, 15 years, do you realize how much money you're going to save in groceries with the leftovers for lunch and all you'd have to buy is cereal for breakfast? You do that show like seven days a week, right? You're damn right I do. And that, if, if you think I'm not thinking about that when I'm signing a contract to do that damn show, yeah. you're sadly mistaken. I'm telling you something right now. That's the first thing I thought about. The first thing I thought about was free meals. That's the first thing on my radar. Sure, I want, I want my damn check too when I finish working. Of course, on my damn check. But the first thing, the second thing I think about is that damn food. You understand? And and don't think I don't walk in there with Tupperware. I walk in there with Tupperware. I wrap stuff up with aluminum foil. I take stuff home. You understand? Home with me. I bring a cooler. I pack food up that's left over. You understand? You know, they, they call me the Leftover King. That's, a, that's another nickname of mine. The Leftover King. Leftover King, all right. You know what I'm saying? Super. The Leftover King. The Doggy Bag Man, okay? All right, okay? all right. Now, now, they say Doggy Bag, but who, I mean, how many people actually give their food to their damn dog? They call it a Doggy Bag, but most people eat the damn food their damn self. You understand? Not the freaking restaurants that you're doing your shows at. They ain't no dogs that aren't eating that stuff. That's good. That's gourmet food. That's Come on, that's, that's gourmet stuff. Yeah. That's stuff that a chef makes with, with a smidgen of this. And, and 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 drizzling. You heard the word drizzle used anywhere else? No. Except for rain? No. They drizzle they drizzle ingredients into into on top of food. So you, that's that's culinary lingo right there. I'm giving you. I know, and you're not you're not doing these things at Denny's. So you are going to like the really posh places in in Manhattan, right? No, I'm going to places where you got to lay a, a napkin in your damn lap. You understand? Ooh, whoa. And and if you don't if you don't do it, the the, the waiter put, lays it in your lap for you. You understand? Oh. This right. is classy stuff. Real classy stuff, man. The, the set, table settings and everything. That's out of my league. And you know, you know what? I cross my leg when I sit down. 
that's how that's how classy oh. it is. Oh, well, yeah, totally. I crossed my leg. Yeah. I crossed my leg over. All right. You understand? Know all right, all right. That's classy stuff. Well, but I'll tell you one thing though. My wife just texted me and was wondering if you could maybe mention our kids' magazine drive at their school. Hey. They're offering killer deals on, say, Ebony, Vanity Fair, Cat Fancy, among others. You're joking, right? Well. Most celebrities either have kids or have relatives with kids, so they know the drill. I'm sure they'd understand if you just did a quick plug. This is exactly why I got a vasectomy at 19. The pressure to meet the sales goals of kids in schools these days is overwhelming. Between you and me, I'm with you. The wife, though, seems to get caught up in it more and more each year. She really wants me to wipe out last year's sales record from some sixth grader. No worries. I'll text her back and make up some excuse. Sorry. Get back to the interview. All right. Here, here we go. Well, let me... I'll, I'll forgive you this time. All right. All right. All right. Sorry. Um, hey, if JB Smoove uh, suddenly like ran Hollywood, what would be your first big move? What needs fixing the most in your opinion? Oh, my God. Nothing, see, nothing means fixing completely. You know, things just need to be fine-tuned. What you would you tweak? What would you just tweak? Fine, just fine-tuned. All right. Fine-tuned industry. Everything. I would, I would, uh, I would give. You know what? Here's what I would do. First of all, I would take over the movie industry, and every damn movie would have myself in it. You know what I'm saying? Good call. Whether it's for five minutes, or whether it's for five minutes, or for the whole damn movie. But I was, you know what? Matter of fact, five minutes for JB Smooth in every damn movie. The first face you see, and the last face you see in every damn movie across the across the board. Even any kind of movie. I don't give a damn if it's porn. Oh. Uh, uh, Every kind of movie possible. You know what I'm saying? Uh, big features, independent films, uh, comedies, dramas, uh, uh, science fiction, documentaries, porn, all the movies, every damn thing. This is the first, first face and the last face you see. You understand? Dang. You, you think oh, big, man. Just, every, just everything. Just, just not, not the whole damn movie all the time because sometimes I got things to do. You know how hard it, was, it would be to be in every damn movie for, for five minutes anyway? So five minutes, if I calculate it correctly, if I do five minutes every damn movie, I still have time, my weakness myself, you understand? Man, man, JV, you're like the wet dream of every agent working today, if you pulled the... You, damn right. Damn. I put, see, I put money in my... Here's, here's my motto. I put money in my pocket and your pocket at the same damn time. You damn. understand? Yeah. There All we right. go. There we go. Super. See? All right. Um, hey, last question. Okay. Um, what's been your most memorable moment away from show business as a civilian? As a civilian. Oh, I love to travel, brother. I'm a traveler. I like to see the world. You understand? I got a big trip coming up to Morocco. I don't know what the hell I'm going to oh, do in Morocco, cool. but cool. I plan on going to Morocco. You understand? I, um, I bid on this, uh, at this auction. I bid on, the, on a trip to Morocco for 12 days. I cannot wait to ride a camel. I cannot wait to sand surf. I cannot wait, my brother. You understand? Wow. Wow. I cannot wait. I'm going to get a little canteen full of water on my hip. You understand? So I get thirsty. I can just drink some some water out of my canteen, like 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 they they they, they were doing all those all all those big big uh, uh movies and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, Lawrence Arabian stuff, right? I mean, yeah, you, you got to get hydrated over there. Just remember that. Start hydrating a couple days before you head over there. I must. I'm. I start early. That's right. You know what I mean? All right. I hydrate early. You know what I mean? And get myself full, and then I hold my pee. I don't know what you know the what I don't know what the food's like over there though. I mean, you, maybe there's a Burger King or something, but I don't know. The food is no, the food is delicious. You no. Know, a part of my trip is also they're going to teach my wife and I how to make Moroccan food. This, that's a bonus. Oh, you know all right, saying? all right. So th that's all wrapped in the trip. You, you see what I'm saying? See, when you go on a trip, you you wrap things up in your trip. You understand? Little things that people wouldn't think about. Now, when you want to go to Morocco and learn how to make Moroccan food, it's delicious. So you cook? You actually cook? Of course I cook. 
Well, I got to tell you, I'm I'm exhausted. I think I need to towel off after this interview. Uh, I got to hit. Why not? Um, all right. Why then. Do you realize how much stuff you've thrown out that I've had to write down? I mean, you are a teacher on this. This is just an interview. You educated. This is what I do, brother. Why should I just? Why should I take, take, take when I could give, give, give sometimes too? God, but this, this is not for me. So I get paid for it, but it's not for me. It's for you. I'm doing it for you. Okay. You know. You you were you were kind of joshing about being a comedy god about being a comedy god, but you actually are a comedy god. You I are. I am. I are. am what I am. Wow. You understand? All right, all right, okay, all right. There you have it, Mister J. B. Smooth. Yes, indeed. I was down in Tennessee. Let me tell you right now about Tennessee. Your car break down in Tennessee. You have just moved to Tennessee. <laughs> You can be driving your car lost and ask somebody how to get somewhere and can tell they don't know what the hell they're talking about by the damn face. Hey, my man, I'm trying to find Thompson Street. Yeah, I'm trying to find Thompson Street. I'm trying to find Thompson Street. Yeah, Thompson Street. The guy turns around with the same damn face. Ah! You said Thompson or Thompson? Ah, what you want to do is, ah... Wait a minute, don't drive while I'm talking to you. Ah... Wait a minute now. I'm trying to help you out, brother. Wait, you're on my leg. The tire's on my leg. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is a Spud Goodman Show. All right, musical guest interview time. Uh, please say hello to our guest, Shotgun Kitchen. Welcome back to the show, and please identify yourselves, please. Thanks, please. This is uh, Kristen Pierce. Hi. And the lovely Ricky Gonzalez. How's it going? We have John Summer here. Hola. I'm Joe. I'm and Jessica. And we have uh, Kenneth Morrill on the banjo. How you doing? All right, super. Well, let's deal with the name Shotgun Kitchen for those who maybe aren't familiar with the band. Can one assume that all of you are big proponents of the Second Amendment? If, if you're all big on open carry, also, uh, thank you for not bringing in your AKs uh, tonight because nobody looks like you're strapped, so... I think you could more assume the opposite of that. The opposite. The opposite. Okay. But, you know, we play kitchen music, and this is kitchen music that'll blow your brains out. So that's Yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would yeah. confirm that. All right, super. Hey, what is the band's position on gluten-free beer? A major uh, brewing accomplishment for the health of the world or an embarrassment to beer? Well, you guys want to chime in on that one? I'm not a beer drinker, but... We, it works for me. I think it's an embarrassment. All right, I that's... Like beer. Ricky, okay. you're fired. All right. Sometimes uh, you have to drink gluten-free. Hey, I understand a few of uh, your tunes are now being covered by bands in faraway places. That must make you feel kind of proud of your work. Uh, I'd, I'd love to have people swipe my stuff. So World Wide Web, if you're out there, people have at it. If you, how do you guys feel about this? About I feel great about it. That was quite a compliment. We had some bands in, uh, in a band in England play a couple of our songs, a blues band. It was, it was awesome. 
That would be that'd be quite a trip. All right. Well, I, I just want to hear you guys play. So let's do okay. this. Uh, what's the name of the first song? This first song is a vampire song. It's called Evil. All right. Very challenging week. My wife ran off with a freak. My dog got hit, my mom got sick, and my ceiling started to leak. And on top of all of that, I got bitten by a bat. Well, I was out fixing a flat on my truck. Oh, sure. Now I guess I'm evil on top of all that other bad stuff. At the doctor's the very same night, said, son, you're much too white, and your hearing and your sight is all that's left of all right. He, he said, the good news, son, is you're not gonna die. The bad news, son, is you're not gonna die. Just hope eternal damnation ain't all that rough, cause I'll have to show your evil on top of all that other bad stuff. I'm a thrill killer, baby, I'm a real gone guy I'm a blood junkie tripping on a hemoglobin high When it comes to table manners, I guess you could say I suck Oh, shucks And now I guess I'm evil on top of all that other bad stuff Well, I found that filthy rich kid who left my dog in a ditch now he's chained up in my backyard, my dog's new favorite bitch. And in my wife's lover's bed, I threw her skull in his lap and said, I've come to give you head. Hers. Hope you, Hope you like it, bruh. I could get used to being evil, cause it helps with all that other bad stuff. I'm a thrill killer, baby, I'm a real gone guy. I'm a blood junkie tripping on a hemoglobin high. When it comes to table manners, I guess you could say I suck. Oh, sure. And now I guess I'm evil on top of all that other bad stuff. Got a call about my mom. My daddy said she's nearly gone. When she blew into his window, he said, son, I could be wrong. And when he didn't hear reflection in the mirror, he said, the weather is beautiful, honey, I wish you were here. I never knew those two were so much in love. Now they're both evil, doing lots and lots and lots of bad stuff. I'm a thrill killer, baby, I'm a real gone guy. I'm a blood junkie tripping on a hemoglobin high. When it comes to table manners, I guess you could say I suck. Oh, shucks. And now I guess I'm evil on top of all that other bad This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show.
Hey, uh, Spud, can we talk a little bit more about your running for office? After the show, I guess this is not the right time to be discussing it, yeah. but creating a little buzz, touching on this, could really help mobilize support for your campaign. That's why I decided to bring it up on air. It, we're talking about free advertising. But aren't there restrictions preventing people in the media from running for office? Uh, At least while they're on the air? Hey, hey, hey. It, would I have to like take a leave of absence? That's what I was kind of thinking. And if so, I, I want you know I want to run for something in the summer. I mean, who wants to doorbell in the cold and rain in the fall? Ooh, hey, Charlie, don't surf! A bunch of signs and buttons from my uncle's campaign, and with markers we could oh. just change his names to your spot. I mean, it's yeah. almost the same amount of letters. And hey, now you're talking, Gina. Glad to have you aboard. If this campaign's going to be successful, we're going to need everyone on the show involved, even the interns. But to answer your question, yes, if anyone knew you were on a radio talk show. Uh, if you were the host, there would be demands that you step away from the show during the campaign. But since no one knows who you are, I don't envision any problems. So, so as a nobody, I can stay on the air and still run for office. All right. Well, but I, but understand, I'm not agreeing to this. Okay. I mean, I'm going to think about it. And let you hell know. no, you haven't. Uh, listen, I, I have to admit. I sort of already paid the fees and signed you up at the auditor's office. Uh, you're now running for state insurance commissioner, Spud. What? Well, it seemed like the best bet for you as it was the easiest race to win. The incumbent, <laughs> he's like 80 years old, and he's been accused of taking kickbacks from the insurance industry. Oh, my uncle used to sell insurance. Uh-huh. He did pretty well up to the point he became the school board president and started dating that high school girl. I, and that was a pretty bad career decision. Yeah, but I might say yeah. his wife and kids were pretty darn happy when they sent him off to jail. Well, why didn't you say so? I thought, I thought you said like it didn't matter if we won or lost. Uh, I know I said that, but it, the old competitive uses started kind of, they took over when I was choosing which office you should run for. Let's just say I do agree to run for office for insurance commissioner or whatever. Uh-huh. Would I have to like wear a blue suit and a red tie to all the events? Because that's a deal breaker for me. I don't even own a red tie <laughs> or any real tie for that matter. No, I, I understand this. And I was envisioning that you would run as a maverick candidate who pledged to never wear a tie because now get this, it represents a Berlin Wall between you and the common working man. Yeah, yeah, that might work. Yeah. I don't know. But you do know if I had to like go to a funeral, worst case scenario, and represent the state or something, right. I do own a bolo tie. I bought it at a thrift <laughs> oh. store like 15 years ago or so. Bolo, okay, uh, that's good to know. I'd say yes! keep that handy. Uh, but like I said, our real objective here, it's not to win, but it's to use this race as a vehicle to establish right. your name first here in the state, then nationally, hopefully with your own syndicated radio talk show. It's worked for a ton of ex-Republican office holders, so why not you? Well, because Republicans listen to AM radio, and I'm not a Republican. I mean, who listens to internet radio anyway? Do you have any, like, research? Uh, no, no, I don't. But I'll tell you what, if we start to receive campaign donations, I'll dedicate funds to obtain this information regarding that question. Our ultimate goal, Spud, is to expand beyond internet radio. We need to have bigger goals. Hey, I listen to AM radio sometimes, you know, to check traffic when I'm on the freeway, and right. I am not a Republican. At least I don't think I am. All right, well, let's just let's get back to you know what we're here for tonight. Do we, this is a talk show. I hope my next guest is holding for me right now. Can can you check, please? Oh, oh right, yeah. Let me check. Oh, uh, Spud. Oh, yeah. You've got a caller, but they're saying it's your mother on the line. Do you want to take it or not? Well, of course I have to take it. She's my mom, and I have to take it. Uh, are is she there? Uh, mom, are you there? What? I can't what? even hear you. You on your toy phone? You're on your toy phone again. Can you speak up? Hi, Spud. Can you hear me now? Barely. Well, I'm talking as loud as I can. All right. What do you got for me? Well, baby, I've been sort of listening to tonight's show. And first of all, I have to to say it's not that boring so far. 
car. No offense. <laughs> but if you took my suggestions on how to make it so exciting and interesting, you could be somebody again instead of doing the stinky little radio show. Mom, seriously, you got to get... Your Fisher-Price phone has got to go. I can barely hear you. I'm going to have to cut this call. I, I, are you, are you uh, still there? There's no way yeah, I can... Yeah. There's no way I can do what you suggested if you can hear me. It's not they're not it's not doable that I do makeovers uh, you know on a radio show. I'm not doing my cable show anymore. Makeovers are not going to work on the radio. Hmm. But 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 you could maybe have a dramatic physical altercation in the studio. That is ratings gold on Jerry Springer's show. You never have anyone go off and say crazy things. <laughs> Fights? People I don't know. I don't, I don't know about... I understand that they're real big you know, on his show, but I don't think we could pull it off. Jerry has a pipeline to a segment of society that I just don't think I have access to, at least not anymore. Maybe I did when I did the cable show, but not these days. I don't know, Spud. I kind of have this gut feeling your listeners are big Jerry Springer show fans. I, I realize it'd be tough to stage a fight on the radio. We could try it, but uh, I don't... Um- Listen, don't be a pussy, George, or whatever your name is. Oh. Listen, if Jerry Springer can entertain millions, then the son who I almost died giving birth to can handle this. Uh, Mrs. Goodman, it's Gerald. I, I'm the co-host on this show. Hey, hey, don't mind him, Mom. He, he's not going to be around that much longer. He's only a temporary fill-in. Well, to be accurate, I'm the temporary permanent co-host. All right. Oh, now, now you both are boring me. <laughs> I should probably go. Now I have to watch the Bachelor, which I recorded on my car. Now, Spud, last Sunday, said the machine does that record. Mom, Mom, I, 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 trust me, I, I think I hooked up that piece of crap VCR correctly, so you should seriously you know, should record your shows. You should be able to watch The Bachelor, but you really do need to get a DVR. Hey, Jeez. My wife and I still use our VCR when we play videos we shot with the kids growing up. It's really wonderful to reminisce. Uh, listen, Greg, that's nice. I have to go. Bye-bye. But I will see you this weekend. I love you. Yeah, I love you it's, too. It's Gerald. Uh, whatever. Can, can you see if we have a guest on the line, though? I'm still waiting for him. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is oh, he there? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're telling me he is here. Uh, your next guest, David Koechner, is on the line. But, hey, my wife and I are big fans of both of those Anchorman movies. They were a little racy at times, but we chuckled our way through both yeah, of them. Yeah, okay, fine. On our, we got them on Redbox last week. Yeah. We, we do it once a month on Saturday evenings. Her parents take the kids for the night. You know, I really, uh, really look forward to it. I think the big reason is that okay, we Okay, have- enough, enough, enough. Uh, sh- just show some mercy here. Just put the damn call through, please. Oh, oh yeah, sure thing. All right, please welcome back to our show, actor, writer, comedian, Mr. David Keckner. Hey, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, all right, so the last time I had the privilege of interviewing you, you had just tucked in the last of your five children. How can you be a superstar dad in addition to a superstar actor and superstar comedian? That just does not happen in Hollywood. People in your circles have people to tuck kids in and also be surrogate husbands during those long overseas film shoots. You're amazing. Oh, you're very kind. You're very kind. You know, just uh, just don't sleep. Uh, evidently. Just, just- just do. You know, you know all I find? I just get up earlier. With each kid, I get up one hour earlier. <laughs> That's the only way I can get something done. Wow. So, okay, well, you're actually you're, you're a real human, and real blood flows through your veins, so we have verified that, because you are you're amazing. That's all I can say. I'll let that go. Um, 
Wow, so that's kind. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's talk Naked Trucker and T-Bones for a second. Any chance that that screenplay you wrote a while back will see its way to the big screen? Don't tease us if it's not going to happen, because that would be cruel. I'd love to say it's happening, but uh, Dave Allen, uh, trucker, Gruber, has right. moved to Utah, has been there for several years, and so that one's off. But uh, myself and Norm Hiscock, who is former head writer for Kids in the Hall and also wrote on Saturday Night Live and currently writes on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he and I are currently writing a Gerald Tibbins, uh, the T-Bones character screenplay. Oh, super. And that, yes. That might see the light. That might We might be able to see that sometime soon? Uh, don't, well, we're finishing it up now, so these things take several months to come together, but I have a feeling I might be able to shoot that this year. Oh, all right. So, wow. Cool. Very cool. Um, okay, well, you did do a, a movie that I guess is in post-production. It has an amazing, really very cool title. I would buy a ticket just off the name of the movie, Scouts and Zombies. So a bunch of Cub Scouts get eaten by zombies. That's going to be huge. Scouts versus zombies. That's right. I, I, it was a Paramount picture. It was a lot of fun. Christopher Landon directed. Uh, he he's done uh, one of those one or two of those paranormal movies. Uh, great guy, fun cast, young cast, uh, crazy premise. But yeah, uh, a group of scouts go camping and come back to town to find that a zombie apocalypse has begun. Wow! I mean, what more could one ask for a box office smash? You got all the ingredients. <laughs> all right. I hope so. Uh, oh, hey, Dave, i got to ask you this. How does a professional comedian stay funny day after day, week after week, basically year-round? Because I think like maybe being a clairvoyant would be way easier instead of getting up in front of a crowd and figuring out how to make them laugh. Just use your God-given gift of mental telepathy and tell the audience you know, what's going to be occurring in their lives for the next five years. Way easier than writing jokes. How do you write jokes year-round? I like, I like the idea that it's really just all a mind trick. Yeah. It's kind of like levitation and telepathy. Yes. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't break it down like that in my head. It's just whatever I think is funny is all I can go off on. And, you know, uh, comedy is so subjective. People, you might have friends that all love the same movie and you don't or, or something like that comedy wise. So, uh, you know, it's just such a broad uh, category. You're able to usually find something for everybody. But really, it comes down to basic, you know, humanity and how we all uh, deal with our day. And you, you, you recognize what's absurd, and then you just point it out in a way that some uh, other person didn't think about. Well, I, yeah, I guess you, I, yeah, that's that's well stated. Um, I, and I, my idea probably would only work in like open mics. It probably wouldn't work the big theater. So you, you, you got to, yeah, you're right. Um, well, that's where you have to start. You start with an open mic, and then you make it to a big theater. You see what what works. But I've been doing this forever. I mean, I started doing improv back in '87, maybe '86. Wow. So I mean, that's you know, improvisation is when you really just make it all up at the same time. So I mean, I've had tons of years of being on stage and going okay they laughed at that so you had some second city experience right were you with us oh yeah yeah i did the io in chicago and the second city simultaneously and then got hired as a company member to second city and from then on you know uh work just kept coming uh yeah i mean yeah your uh your resume uh, it takes a couple hours to get through it online i gotta say that but, <laughs> but anyway um you know, I read a, a list of music that you dig. You have really good taste. Lou Reed, The Replacements, Iggy, Wilco. But let me ask you this question. Could you have a best friend who was into, like, Nickelback or Maroon 5? Because that would be very tough for me. Um, yeah, I'm not like that. I'm not going to judge someone else's music, you know, their entire uh, human capacity based on their, their 
love of one band or another. I mean, I sometimes like to listen to bread. Uh, so you know, it doesn't matter. I don't mind bread. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean yeah. that's not a deal breaker for me. But all right, I guess uh, I know Nickelback's kind of a cliche kind of punchline, but uh, I, I, they're the easiest person I could pull out of my butt to use. But yeah, I, I know I, that that poor band has elicited more ill will for no reason. I mean, they, they didn't do anything, did they? Just because people judge them as mediocre. I couldn't tell you one Nickelback song, but. Out of they boy, they're the whipping boy for for bad music, aren't they? Yeah, it's kind of it's it's the go to band, really. Yeah, you're yeah. Uh, so all right. Bad. Well, would you care if I called your mom and asked her for her rice crispy treat recipe? Snap, crackle, rice krispies. My wife wanted me to ask. Uh, I guess that would be okay, but why would your wife want to know my mom's recipe? Uh, she had heard from someone that her rice crispy treats were fabulous. You know, the wife makes a mean batch of rice crispy treats herself, but she's constantly trying to improve in the kitchen. Oh, she's like a type A personality? Yeah, m- more like type triple A. This can be a bit troubling in other areas of our marriage. Thank God for the pharmaceutical industry. It's been a lifesaver for me. Um, let me ask you this question. Um, this is something that's hit me personally. Have you ever thought of running for office? Because I myself of getting some pressure from someone on my show to like run for state insurance commissioner. It doesn't matter really if I win. It's just getting my name out there as a career move. You ever, ever thought about running for office in your lifetime? I, yeah, I started as a poli-sci major. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what, I, that's what my major in college was. And I, I thought I was going to have a career in politics. That's, I kind of started thinking that way in about seventh grade. Um, and then I realized as I got deeper into it that it takes so much money and usually have to have a family that's connected. It's you know just a different kind of mob, right? Either connected yep. Yep. Uh, or you've got st- tons of money or you're the smartest person in any room you walk into. If a person comes from humble means and doesn't have that money or the backing, that means they're super bright and that's how they got there. So I, I was disqualified in all three categories, so I thought maybe I'll just be an actor instead. So you don't come from like some dynasty or anything? I was that that okay. That, I, I sure no, yeah. The dynasty I'm from is farmers. Oh okay, all right, super, all right. Um, hey, what is your favorite time killer on the set as you wait in your trailer? Board games, devouring Jacqueline Suzanne novels, ice sculpting? Because you must have some time killer. <laughs> Reading's good. Uh, if there's a backgammon game on on the set, that was fun. Uh, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, you're right. Board games, or just taking a nap. Yeah. Who doesn't love a nap? Yeah, especially with your lifestyle. Absolutely. you got to catch it when you can, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, David, if you were president for a day, what would be your first executive order? What do you think? Executive order that they couldn't repeal? Yes. <clears throat> Maybe I'd go for free health care. Wow, that makes just too to, much to, sense. To, that makes way too much sense. Just to keep stirring the debate, nationalize the banks, free health care, uh, put more... Uh, um, more regulation on the, on the stock market. Stuff other people really would go, you don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, there's so much, there's so much double dealing there. They, they just keep weakening uh, the uh, oversight of the Security Exchange Commission. Uh, they, they've, you know, relaxed the oversight so many times we got in trouble, big trouble once. And my understanding is things aren't really changed. So I guess that's what I would look into. I, I wouldn't think- be popular with the money people. Well, maybe not, but I think... Uh- I just think you just laid out Elizabeth Warren's uh, total platform. I think I think you need to reconsider your own uh, instincts and run for office. But that's I'll let that go. All right. I do hope she, I hope she, I hope she runs. Uh, yes, so do I. So do I. Um, last question: uh, What's been your uh, least memorable moment in show business? Something you'd rather forget, but annoying radio talk show hosts keep bringing it up. 
nothing, uh, nothing really that's so annoying that I can't stand it. I mean, you know, I only was on Saturday Night Live for one season. <clears throat> I guess that's if there's one thing that I would have liked to have changed, it been that. And that was not a pleasant experience because I a lot of. I mean, I I know it's it's uh. It's a oh no, I I had a. I had a great season. It was almost arbitrary. Um, compared to anybody else in that cast, I would say I had as strong a season as almost everybody except Will uh, that year. It was really surprising to myself and everybody else that that decision was made. But it was a West Coast decision, is what I understand. Lauren wanted to keep me on the show. But the West Coast had forced his hand because... Um, the, the ratings had dropped a little bit. It's the first year the Mad TV premiered, and then mm-hmm. Howard Stern Stern had a late-night show, too, so it kind of impacted the ratings. So West Coast said, we're making changes, and I have to be one of the guys. I got, Apparently, some executive didn't dig what I did, and so that was it. So, you know, again, it's arbitrary. And like we were talking about earlier, comedy is subjective. What one person loves, the other person might hate. <clears throat> so, You know, I'm going to ask. But every, every, everything happens for a reason, and, you know, six months later, I met my wife. So that's the way life was supposed to go. Wow. All right. Super. Um, I'm going to steal that rationalization because I'm, I'm going to need that. I am needing it right now, actually. So I'm, I'm, I'm writing that one down. All right. Okay. Well, tell you what, David, you are a great guest. I I mean, it's amazing. I'm just, I'm just thrilled to, to be able to interview you. Before we let you go, though, I want to thank you so much for checking back in with us again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mr. David Keckner. My name is Jerry Prastis, and I'm in sales. It's what I do. The hardest thing in sales is the cold call. I don't have a lead. I don't have an appointment. Now watch and see how it's done. Cold call. Learn sales techniques from the master. Number one, get them to yes. Number two, the takeaway. Agreement. Masterclass. The number one thing in sales is confidence. It's as easy as... It's good to meet you. Yes. Nice day. Yes. Do you believe in education? Yes. I'll show you how... to get them to yes. And that's how you sell them. Consider it sold with Jerry Prastis, Master Salesman. Jerry Prastis is LBGT friendly. I like queers. Hey, what's up, comedy fans? This is Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster. For some unknown reason, you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. What the fuck is wrong with you people? All right, once again, Shotgun Kitchen.
Goodman Radio Show. All right. Now it's time for uh, a little segment about the subject of torture. Yeah, it's a bit of a downer after watching, you know, Andrea Tanteros of Fox News weighed in on this a while back. We just thought, hey, you know, let's just toss something together in the blender and see what we come up with. Who better to respond to those who are pro-torture than a man who experienced it directly during the Vietnam conflict, Senator John McCain. Though I, you know, have political differences with many of his positions, I defer to his judgment on proper U.S. policy regarding the treatment of prisoners or combatants. Yeah, most of them are less than ideal human beings, but, um, you know, what makes this country so great is we generally follow the rule of law, and in this case, the Geneva Conventions that we signed, that signed in uh, 1949. So, uh, hey, thank you, uh, Senator McCain, for reminding the uninformed. 
Most of all, I know the use of torture compromises that which most distinguishes us from our enemies. Our belief that all people, even captured enemies, possess basic human rights which are protected by international conventions the United States not only joined, but for the most part authored. And look, I agree with you. The United States of America is awesome. We are awesome. Awesome. We are awesome. Awesome. We are awesome. 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 Our enemies act without conscience. We must not. Awesome. Awesome. This executive summary of the committee's report makes clear that acting without conscience isn't necessary. It isn't even helpful in winning this strange and long war we're fighting. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. We are awesome, 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 awesome. Sometimes a hard pill to swallow. It sometimes causes us difficulties at home and abroad. It is sometimes used by our enemies in attempts to hurt us. But the American people are entitled to it, nonetheless. They must know when the values that define our nation are intentionally disregarded by our security policies, even those policies that are conducted in secret. They must be able to make informed judgments about whether those policies and the personnel who supported them were justified in compromising our values, whether they served a greater good, or whether, as I believe, they stained our national honor. And the reason they want to have this discussion is not to show how awesome we are. This administration wants to have this discussion to show us how we're not awesome. We are awesome. 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 Now, let us reassert the contrary proposition. That it that is it essential to our success in this war that we ask those who fight it for us to remember at all times that they are defending a sacred ideal of how nations should be governed and conduct their relations with others, even our enemies. Hey, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm not saying money's the most important thing in American politics, but but it sure helps. You look. I, I I'm not going to be begging for cash. I, I'm not going to run for office because you're going to have me call these people up and beg for money. That's not going to happen. I just. I mean, politicians are like one spot higher on the food chain than pedophiles. Actually, they are about tied. Well, at least in my family. All right. Well, this is Spud Goodman. Be all you can be, and I mean that. All right. God bless and ciao. You have been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show, the Internet's last line of defense in the ongoing battle to rid the world of generic entertainment. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pike. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of this station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.
is an hour of the best of Northwest music. This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hello, hello everyone. My name is Lawrence, and I will be your host for the Spud Goodman Post Show Report tonight. And with me is Gina, my co-host. Hey, Gina there. Hey, thanks thanks a lot for hanging around uh, after Spud's show. I, I know it's a, it can be a challenge working with him, you know. So we, we do appreciate you being mentally strong enough to, to push through to the second hour here with me. Super. I won't lie. It's a tough assignment being Spud's designated human laugh track. He's so demanding. A little more here, a little less there. You never know what kind of a response he wants to this stuff on his show. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, my, my motto in the joint was always to laugh at everything. Then you can always go back and say, hey, my bad. Or if someone's not joking when they're threatening you and all, you know. See, I found a laugh is a great diffuser in tense situations. And though I've not really had any experience professionally having to deliver the timely laugh or giggle and all like you have. Uh, and I see that would be a challenge. Well, after each uh, week, uh, when I get home, I do tend to indulge in a few white Russians. Uh, like last week, I think that was about a five white Russian night after dealing Super. with Spud and his tantrum about someone picking up his spatula. Oh. I had no idea he was so possessive about that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I was told by executive producer Lori to never, ever touch that spatula so steer clear of it if it's sitting around the studio you know just why poke a hornet's nest you know well it's not like somebody took his spatula home with them and used it in their kitchen to make pancakes or something oh yeah yeah i know now now, what do you you think uh that we heard something about spud uh, running for state insurance commissioner or something that that surprised me uh you know i would have thought that spud had at least one felony conviction you know but uh they would stop him from doing that but i guess he's got no priors you know Super. That, right? I know. I, I don't think his mom would deal well with him getting arrested. I, I'm pretty sure her ex and his dad uh, had some trouble with the law, so she made sure Spud stayed on the right side of the law. Lawrence, did you ever think of running for office? I mean, before you went to prison. Oh, uh, yeah, I did. I dreamed of uh, one day being president, you know, when I was a kid, but. As I got older, I understood that my belief system might not be compatible with the general public and all, because uh, you know, I still feel that a bank should lend money to, to people who most need it before people that, that can live without it and all. So, you know, the people with money, they would have to wait a few more months before they get the cash to buy that vacation cabin or a sailboat, you know, a loan for a few hundred bucks to, to buy school supplies or fix a broken down car to get to work. That's way more important to society. You feel me? I think so. Uh, now, the day I was convicted, I knew that dream was over. But hey, you, you move on and make new dreams come true. You know, it's too bad you'll never get to hold office, Lawrence. You would be a good leader. But I tell you what, you know, I did hold office sort of at Pelican Bay. On my tier, I was elected sergeant at arms. I had to keep everyone on task. Or, you know, when we had meetings and all, you know, and make sure that they followed Robert's rules of order and all. I bet you did a great job. Well, you know, I, I, I'm getting the word here that we mo- need to move on here. So, but I'll tell you a little bit more about it later. So I'm going to introduce our panel. We have Dave on the soundboard. Hey, Dave. Hello. Yeah, now we got Alex here as our engineer. Hey, Alex there. 
And then, oh yeah, we got Derek here. Derek hey, hey. in the house. How's it going, guys? It's going all right with me. And uh, then we got our uh, Trent and Anna, of course, our, our, our interns. Yeah, hey, from Pierce College and all. But um, now we're going to start off the festivities here with a couple of songs here. First, we got a band from SoCal. It's the Meat Bodies with Wahoo. And then we have a song, a show veteran here from Seattle, the F Holes. They first performed on Spud's cable TV show in February of 1985 when it premiered. Now, this is a live cut of their song, Freak of Nature. But we're going to start with the meat bodies now.
Shotgun Kitchen back with us here, and I, now I know y'all were on the show a little while before, but I, I you know, I asked this, but I forgot now. Now, now there's five of you here, is that right? I can't count now. Uh, now, six. All right, we, we, we'll go with one more there. Now, now, how many of you did hard time versus doing the county time? Well, uh, no county time, but we've done time. You done Super. time? Yeah, we done time. The all time is long yeah. time. I, I I gotta say now. Now with all these people that you got in this band, you got six people in here. Now how do you come up with your decisions? How do you make a decision? Like you flip a coin, or you use a magic eight ball, or something, or you just go with the loudest person that wins the argument, or something. <laughs> That's the way it was in the joint. Joe always wins. Oh yeah, always. Whatever but Joe all, says but they're goes. all brilliant. They're all brilliant. So whatever they bring to the table is awesome. Yeah, I mean, that makes Super. it really easy, babe. Yo. <laughs> Yeah, no, really, really easy. Really, we asked Jill, actually. Yeah, maybe they asked my wife. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, now, when you go to the gigs, now, now, what about when somebody wants to to pop open a bag of corn nuts or whip out an egg salad sandwich? You have rules about that, or is everybody free for all for themselves? Rules about for the band to whip that out, or yeah, I mean, how you is it community thing, or is it just all for me? Well, or? I I do all the cooking when we do our practices, you know, but at the gigs, whatever they want to do is their business. But if it's the shotgun kitchen, you gotta know how to yeah, cook. Hell yeah, hell you know? yeah. Yeah. Now, now you're gonna take us out with the song. Now, what's what's the last song you're gonna do for us tonight? We're gonna do a song called Meth Lab. This ain't right. government cheese; it's meth. 
amphetamine. My baby left me for another guy. She dug him because he had a meth lab in that double wide trailer down the street. He had a meth lab in that trailer down the street. She traded all my loving for some meth and fed me. My heart spit it out and it went splat Then she said, let's still be friends Honey, you don't need a friend like that When I'm dead loud Gives her everything she needs But this ain't government cheese It's mad Amphetamine Say that bad girls don't go to heaven That must be why you've been so mean You're afraid that in heaven There's no methamphetamine But someday you're gonna get it, baby You can't be sure of that Cause you've been bad, baby
I'm chilling with my chill in the great northwest. While you're tweaking with that freak in, in the, the place you love the best in that meth lab. In that trailer down the street. You traded all my loving for some bread. I'm fucking fed up. for tonight's highlight here, dude. So uh, our first clip of the night comes from Spud's chat with JB Smoove. And in this clip, he talks about the perks of having a show where he gets free food. Well, you, you yeah, are. I just, I, I just did that. And, and let's talk about New York here. You currently have a cable show on the Madison Square Garden Network in New York titled Four Courses. So I wanted to ask you, you get paid to do a show and get free four-course meals. So listen listen to this now. If you can keep that on the air for like the next 10, 15 years, do you realize how much money you're going to save in groceries with the leftovers for lunch and all you'd have to buy is cereal for breakfast? You do that show like seven days a week, right? You're damn right I do. And that, if, if you think I'm not thinking about that when I'm signing a contract to do that damn show, yeah. you are sadly mistaken. I'm telling you something right now. That's the first thing I thought about. The first thing I thought about was free meal. That's the first thing on my radar. Sure, I want, I want my damn check, too, when I finish working. Of course, on my damn tech. But the first thing, the second thing I think about is that damn food. You understand? And and don't think I don't walk in there with Tupperware. I walk in there with Tupperware. I wrap stuff up with aluminum foil. I take stuff home. You understand? Home with me. I bring a cooler. I pack food up that's left over. You know what I'm saying? You know, they, they call me the Leftover King. That's, a, that's another nickname of mine. The Leftover King. Leftover King, all right. You know what I'm saying? Super. The Leftover King. The Doggy Bag Man, okay? All right, okay? all right. Now, now, they say Doggy Bag, but who, I mean, how many people actually give their food to their damn dog? We call it a Doggy Bag, but most people eat the damn food their damn self. You understand? Not the freaking restaurants that you're doing your shows at. They ain't, no dogs aren't eating that stuff. That's good. That's gourmet food. That's Come on, that's, that's gourmet stuff. Yeah. That's stuff that a chef makes with, with a smidgen of this. And, and 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 drizzling. You heard the word drizzle used anywhere else? No. Except for rain? No. They drizzle they drizzle ingredients into into on top of food. So you, that's that's culinary lingo right there. I'm giving you. I know, and you're not you're not doing these things at Denny's. So you are going to like the really posh places in in Manhattan, right? No, I'm going to places where you got to lay a, a napkin in your damn lap. You understand? Ooh, whoa. And and if you don't if you don't do it, the the, the waiter lays it in your lap for you. You understand? Oh. This right. is classy stuff. Real classy stuff, man. The, the set, table settings and everything. That's out of my league. And you, know, you know what? I cross my leg when I sit down. That's how, that's how classy oh. it is. Oh, well, yeah, totally. I cross, I my leg, yeah. I cross my leg over. All right. You understand? All right, all right. That's classy stuff. Well. But I'll tell you one thing, though. I got to tell you, you know, I, I was in the joint for so long that when it came out, I went to McDonald's and then I couldn't finish the food. I asked for a doggy bag. They looked at me funny and they put it in a bag. But it was the same bag that they gave me the food out of it. It was seen kind of strange, you know. That is strange. So I don't know. I just—it's a strange world when you've been inside for a long time. But I'll talk about that more later. How about we do some more music now? We're gonna lead off with a group from Barcelona, Spain. It's Morn with their song "Your ba- Your Brain Is Made of Candy." Then we have a band that recently performed here on the Spud Show, the Shaking Growlers, and their tune, Slab Town. Oh, your brain's made of candy. At first I thought it was rancid. Oh, your brain's made of candy. 
The song, uh, the name of the first song is called Slab Down. Six pack of yearly from the barn. for more of the Spud Goodman post-show report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman post-show report. Lawrence, uh, they're saying that there is a woman who wants to speak with you. She's holding. Should we put her through? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, Carla, are you there? Is this the host, Lawrence? Why, well, yes, it is. Uh, now, what would you like to talk about here, Carla? Um, are you on parole right now? I mean, you just got out of prison, right? Well, I do have to report to somebody, if that's what you're asking. Uh, why do you want to know? I was just curious. Super. <clears throat> well, I met my last few boyfriends while they were in prison. Super. I was active in our church's outreach program. 
and they, they all had parole officers when they got out, but they didn't last long, and they all got sent back up. Is there a question for Lawrence? Well, he just sounds interesting, you know. <laughs> Lawrence, I saw a picture of you on the Facebook page of Spud Show. You look really lonely in that picture. I can tell by your eyes. Not super. Cute, (laughs) but lonely. Well, you know, maybe I'm still adjusting to living alone right now after having had so many roommates for years, but I'm doing okay. Do you have a girlfriend right now? I mean, anything serious. I, I know you're probably swamped with letters from women after being in for so long. Did you advertise the pen pals? Well, you know, I might have put up an ad or two way, way back. You know. uh, Lawrence, you don't have to divulge any personal information here on the air if you don't feel comfortable. Oh, wait, you Super. know, transparency is a big part of what I'm focusing on, you know, in my Art Forges support group. Now, we're all committed to bringing honesty into our lives and stop the deception that a criminal lifestyle demands. Look, I don't want to sound forward here, but, um... Would you like to go out sometime? <laughs> Would that be against your parole? But, well, let me ask you. Are you in ex-offender too? If so, then probably not. See, I like it here in Washington, and things are pretty rough now in Cali. Uh, no. Super. I am a fourth-grade teacher. I've never even been arrested. Maybe that's part of my fascination with men on the other side of the law. Don't tell me. Your favorite show is MSNBC's Lock Up the Block on the Weekends. I guess we can put down one more prison groupie. Gosh, there are a lot of you women out there. Why, yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Super. I could try and explain my attraction to men who've been on the inside the walls. I can't speak for other women, but for me, the heart wants what the heart wants. It's that simple. So, <laughs> what do you say? I say thank you for calling. Listen, honey, I know you're trying to block me here, but Lawrence is a big boy and he can make his own decisions. Am I right, Lawrence? Uh, Gina, no worries. Now, I can handle this. Uh, uh, call it. Uh, uh, go ahead and leave your number with one of our interns, and I'll give you a call in the ne- next couple of days, all right? <laughs> really? Uh, caller, we, we have to move on here, okay? Bye-bye. Uh, but I... In the meantime here, you know, we we have a band from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Bully, and their song Milkman, and then after that we have a rockabilly great Warren Smith with Uranium Rock.
working every day and not getting much pay. I got a big guy counter, it's a pretty good rig. When the needle starts clicking, that's where I'm gonna dig. Money, money, honey, and the kind you fold. Money, money, honey, rock and roll. Rig it in and bait it up like hay. Have a rockin' good time and throw it all away. In the middle spare wheel on the back Man, don't you know I'll be hard to stop When I find that big uranium rock Money, money, honey, the kind you fold Money, money, honey, rock and roll Rig it and bait it up like hay Have a rocking good time, throw it all away Yes, that's me in my long Cadillac We're heading down the road and I ain't coming back Ain't no red light gonna make me stop But I found that big uranium rock Money, money, honey, the kind of fold Money, money, honey, rock and roll Break it in, bait it up like hay Have a rockin' good time, throw it all away All right, all right. What do we got coming up for uh, next bit here, Doug? So our next little bit is our clip of the week. And in this clip, it's a bunch of audio talking about how awesome America is. Oh. Oh. Most of all, I know the use of torture compromises that which most distinguishes us from our enemies. Our belief that all people, even captured enemies, possess basic human rights which are protected by international conventions the United States not only joined, but for the most part authored. And look, I agree with you, the United States of America is awesome. We are awesome, awesome. We are awesome, awesome. We are awesome, 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 awesome. Our enemies act without conscience. We must not. This executive summary of the committee's report makes clear that acting without conscience isn't necessary. It isn't even helpful in winning this strange and long war we're fighting. Awesome, awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. We are awesome, 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 awesome. Truth is sometimes a hard pill to swallow. It sometimes causes us difficulties at home and abroad. It is sometimes used by our enemies in attempts to hurt us. But the American people are entitled to it nonetheless. They must know when the values that define our nation are intentionally disregarded by our security policies, even those policies that are conducted in secret, they must be able to make informed judgments about whether those policies and the personnel 
who supported them were justified in compromising our values, whether they served a greater good or whether, as I believe, they stained our national honor. And the reason they want to have this discussion is not to show how awesome we are. This administration wants to have this discussion to show us how we're not awesome. We are awesome. 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 Now, let us reassert the contrary proposition. That it that is it essential to our success in this war that we ask those who fight it for us to remember at all times that they are defending a sacred ideal of how nations should be governed and conduct their relations with others, even our enemies. We are awesome, 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 awesome. <sighs> That was awesome. That was awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have known how awesome until they said it enough times. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it might be pretty awesome. Then they said awesome some more. I said, it is really awesome. We are really awesome. Now John I have McCain no hits the nail on the head, my friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen him swing a hammer, but, you know, he might have some skills there. You know, put up some houses in Arizona. Super. Affordable track. I think he made a nice little dance mix there. Awesome mix. You yeah. play that in the club. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I could probably I'll sell that sample. We can make some money. Absolutely. Right, so you guys want to hear some more music? Yeah, yes, well, please. let's give you some more music here. Now, first up, we got a, a show favorite, Warning Danger, with their dark tail clowns. They freak me out. And then we have a band from Austin, Texas, 100 Visions, with You're Gonna Cut Me Loose. <laughs> Clowns, rodeo clowns, hamburger clowns, birthday clowns, killer clowns in hospital gowns, clowns they freak me out. Red nose, squirt rose, bozos, long toes, decomposed. Clowns they freak me out. Old men in face paint, little kids they try to rape. Gee, ain't this party great? Clowns they freak me out. Except the funhouse clown with that clown went down. Stands above the town and watches the world go round. Punk rock kids and everything they did. They're nice and proud till the condos tore him down. Boy, do I miss that clown. They can't keep him down. Spike will come back around, but clowns, they freak me out. Suit and tie wearing clowns. We need more condos around. Let's tear it all down. Condos freak me out. I don't care what's around. Here's the deed to this crowd. I'll build a giant compound. Condos freak me out. Look what they did to downtown. They're giving us a reach around. Those real estate clowns. Clowns, they freak me out. Clowns, we think are okay. Ronald McBondle, Krusty Marseille, Marseille. Red Skelton, the clowns in the sea parade. It must be alright when they give away free candy. Acting like a cartoon, scary goons with balloons. Is tonight a full moon? Clowns, they freak me out. Mini cars, giant cigars, drinks at the bar. How'd you get that weird scar? Clowns, they freak me out. Juggaloos and juggalettes running around with hatchets. Oh my goodness, where's their parents? Clowns, they freak me out. Don't wanna go to sleep. Clowns, they'll try to eat me when I fall asleep. Clowns, they freak me out. 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 Clowns, they freak me out.
this is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, we got another one coming, Dick. Yes, we got another one lined up here. This last clip comes from the David Keckner interview where uh, Spud asks him about the tough, tough task of something I think we all struggle with in staying funny. Mm. <laughs> right. I hope so. Uh, oh, hey, Dave, I got to ask you this. How does a professional comedian stay funny day after day, week after week, basically year round? Because I think like maybe being a clairvoyant would be way easier instead of getting up in front of a crowd and figuring out how to make them laugh. Just use your God-given gift of mental telepathy and tell the audience, you know, what's going to be occurring in their lives for the next five years. Way easier than writing jokes. How do you write jokes year round? I like, I like the idea that it's really just all a mind trick. Yeah. It's kind of like levitation and telepathy. Yes. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't break it down like that in my head. It's just whatever I think is funny is all I can go off on. And, you know, uh, comedy is so subjective. People, you might have friends that all love the same movie and you don't or, or something like that comedy wise. So, uh, you know, it's just such a broad uh, category. You're able to usually find something for everybody. But really, it comes down to basic, you know, humanity and how we all uh, deal with our day. And you, you, you recognize what's absurd, and then you just point it out in a way that some the other person didn't think about. Well, I, yeah, I guess you, I, yeah, that's that's well stated. Um, I, and, I, and my idea probably would only work in like open mics. It probably wouldn't work the big theaters. So you, you, you got to, yeah, you're right. Um, well, that's where you have to start. You start with an open mic, and then you make it to a big theater. You see what what works. But I've been doing this forever. I mean, I started doing improv back in '87, maybe '86. Wow. So I mean, that's you know, improvisation is when you really just make it all up at the same time. So I mean, I've had tons of years of being on stage and going, okay, they laughed at that. So you had some Second City experience, right? Were you at, with us? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did the I.O. in Chicago and the Second City simultaneously and then got hired as a company member to Second City. <clears throat> and from then on, you know, uh, work just kept coming. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're... Uh Wow, that's tricky business, Gina. Mm. Now, you got to bring the laugh when people try to... That's hard to do all the time. Well, I mean, uh, fake laughing is actually pretty easy. I, Super. I don't know what it would be like to have to try to be funny. I mean, you know, Spud's got it figured out. He he doesn't worry about being funny. He just has somebody come in and laugh at him. Yeah. So that's that's maybe the way to go. But if he's listening, school. what's up, Dad? could have used some, someone like her in high school. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, to follow you right. around and laugh at just laugh at my jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I could make a, a living doing this, you know? I could just follow people around and just make them feel really good about themselves. Or, or maybe you could like have, a, have an iTunes thing where people could just be like listening to your laughter on their headphones. There you go. And thinking they're really funny. Yes. And it, it wouldn't maybe make any difference to anybody else because they wouldn't care. I like it. Anyone out there listening and you, you want to hire me to become your personal laugher, I, I will do it. <laughs> Super. Oh, Gina, you you got you got a cash cow there. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Let, let, I, put your name out there. Make it happen. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll get some business cards for you. Gina, laugh a lot. Yeah. Can I be your booking I'm, agent? Sure. Yes. Let's See, do we it. Got, we got a great thing going here. Now we're going to roll into some more uh, music here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to lead off uh, with a band from Philadelphia, The Purling Hiss, with Learning Slowly. And then we have a band the gods themselves and they played uh, this particular song live on our show but this is here is the studio cut of i am the president pearling hiss enjoy
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Yeah, well, Gina, you know, the show's about done, so I guess we better say goodbye to everybody now. Oh, but you never did finish your story about holding office while you were in prison. And being a sergeant at arms with those uh, constituents would be very difficult. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, I, I gotta tell you, I was a little concerned when I learned that I, that I won and all, but yeah, it did turn out just fine. You know? Now, everybody on my tier, they were pretty cool. You know, I didn't have any problems except for a few skinheads. Super. They throw these pudding cups at me when I told everybody to pipe down. I mean, when our tier president had to deliver his annual state of the tier address, everyone needed to shut the hell up. They needed to respect the office, if not the individual. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, I was the treasurer of my eighth grade class, and, and that was my one and only experience with politics. After that, I had no interest in holding uh, office All right, ever super. again. Uh, is that right? No? Mm, no. Oh, uh, well, uh, so it goes. There's, right? there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I don't I don't think I want that kind of no, pressure again. No. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we're going to say thank you to our, our, our crew here. We got Dave on the soundboard. Thank you, Dave. Uh, wonderful experience as always. Uh, nice job to you and to Alex, our engineer. Alex, well done there. And I got to give the thanks to Dirk, of course, with the, the show highlights. Oh, well, I've got to give you a, your welcome. Well, thank you. I, I thank you for your welcome there. <laughs> And then we got Trenton and our two interns. We never forget about them. And it, until we meet again, my name is Lawrence, and I hope we will meet up again next week. And we're going to leave you with a song from Alexis Sales, Didn't You Kill My Brother. Good night. Good night for now. Hey, you. Hey, you. Hey, you. Come here. Come here, you. Come here, you. Hey, you. Come here. You, I said 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 you with the tail. You come here, you. Yes, you come here, go away. Come here, hey, you come here. Come here, come here, go away. Come here, go away. Stop, come here, come here, come here, go away. Go, come here, hey, you. I said you, I said you, I said you, mate. I said you, I'm looking at you, mate. I said you, mate. I said you come here. I said go away. Didn't you kill my brother? <laughs> Sister-in-law was an oak tree. I do, I mean a manhole cover. I've got a brain like a jukebox. Hey, didn't you kill my brother? I got a job as a petrol pump at a government undercover. Come here, I want to talk to you. Hey, didn't you kill my brother? Didn't you kill, didn't you kill, didn't you kill my brother? Didn't you kill, didn't you kill, didn't you kill my brother? I like a laugh. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Associate producer, David Deer. Live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio highlights, Derek Schneider. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Copyright 2015, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.